Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I literally felt like I got the short end of the stick because my intentions were very pure. My intentions going into this were pure as well. But I'll let you speak for yourself, that's fine. Um, right, so you told me that it didn't work out for whatever reason, and then it's like, but I still have these lingering feelings, so it's questionable about your intentions. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Wow. I don't know why I'm saying wow. Usually these episodes of uh, Married at First Sight are a little bit of a lull. And I have to say this was a little bit of a flop. Was it? Yeah, it was a little bit of a flop. Let's talk about it. There was so little to write about Ryan and Clara. It's actually a bit embarrassing. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think of what this season would have been like had we not had Chris and Paige as infuriating as they both are. We really wouldn't have a whole lot to talk about y'all. So, I mean, I guess you have to take the good with the bad. The really, really bad. The really awful and manipulative and lying and selfishly bad with the worst the worst of the fact that like Ryan and Clara are so well it's Ryan it's Ryan that's boring he's so boring and he's so boring that I don't even really focus on his hair anymore like everything about him is just like unsalted cracker 
And I mean, like a like a crack, like a, like the food, the food cracker. Okay, sorry. Um, so let's talk about them first. I okay. So the premise of the episode are that they're having their um, housewarming parties, something that is usually like a bigger ish episode. I don't tend to like these episodes, but it's a bigger episode because the main situation is that the individual ends up talking to their partner's friends or family members or whatever, and they grill them and they ask the tough questions and they get the tough answers and that whole thing. (sighs) Clara says that her friends can't come over. So at one point we see her inviting Haley and Brianna to come to her housewarming party. And I'm wondering because it seems like we have so little to talk about when it comes to Claire and Ryan that they just invited other cast members of the show to come over to make them more interesting. But then Brianna leaves immediately after they take their first shot. So I don't know what to think. (laughs) Who's to say? So Ryan tells his friend that like he has to adjust to Clara's life and they keep making it seem like Clara's this big party girl but I think it's just that Ryan's so fucking boring like he's just like an old piece of rye bread like who nobody wants that you have to have that shit fresh you know fresh or nothing and he is like a two-day-old left out on the counter piece of rye bread boring he's just incredibly boring and every time I see Clara speak so passionately about what it how it feels like he came from the man factory for her and how they have so much in common and I feel like I never see them getting along really like it always seems like there's some kind of issue like Clara did something like move too quickly or something <laughs> or you know she dared to be awake past 9:25 and it's Clara being like I just there's something about this situation that's off so I don't know how it is that Clara feels like things are so perfect when she has some pretty significant insecurities when it comes to this relationship one of them being the fact that he is like some weirdo about love and the other that he's just a weirdo with the rest of his life. You know? <laughs> I I would just like to see these these times where they're actually getting along. Cause I can't remember a single one. Anyway, um then Ryan keeps talking about how he's an old man and how Clara says that that is really annoying. She basically feels like he's a stick in the mud and that he is like a self-fulfilling prophecy like he just says he's an old man so it kind of like gets him out of doing things and gets him out of being more adventurous like it's a cop-out for him and how much that annoys her and how she wishes that she would he would break out of that and then she tells everyone that she's never even seen ryan without his shirt off how she's been pretty clear about the fact that they've done sexual things so Tobias Funke I think we've got a never nude on our hands you guys what (laughs) how has she never seen how is that possible you guys have actually like fooled around in a sexual manner as we've been heavily suggested by uh, uh, Clara and 
he's never taken his shirt off? You guys, I have to say, you know, as I've told you guys, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. A woman who's cursed with the affliction that is heterosexuality, I have to admit that a man, the idea of a man just like (laughs) with his shirt off, no, shirt on and nothing on below, like a toddler you got like in the middle of a diaper change, like there's nothing less attractive to me. Like, nothing could turn me on less than the idea of just a man with just a t-shirt on and nothing else. Ugh, kill me. Even, I mean, it could be Chris Evans and I would do nothing for me. Probably would. But, you know, for other normal people, it, you know what I mean. Ugh, how was, she's never seen him fully naked? Didn't they go to a pool? At some point when they were in Vegas, like, <laughs> what's going on there? I feel like we saw Ryan shirtless in his, like, package about how he likes to do CrossFit in his front yard. I feel like, I how have I, they've, they sleep together. That's strange. Ryan, I feel like we're not getting much of Clara and Ryan, and I know I just said that they were boring several times, but maybe it's really that, like, they're... Shit is so weird that they don't know how to package it for a television show for Lifetime. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there are some dark alleys we can go down, particularly with Ryan. And I would like to know more about that. I feel like we could be seeing a lot more from them. Let's move on to Brianna and Vincent. You know, they're like a port in the storm, but they also don't bring a whole lot. Um, Vincent has gone back to Champagne Vinny from being big baby bitch Vinny from last week where he like huffed and puffed and walked out because Brianna like very lightly roasted him. Very lightly, very lightly roasted him. Couldn't even really call it a roast, you know? It was like the roasted cauliflower of roast. Like, just barely has a little hint of brown on it. Like, nothing. It's mostly still pretty safe. You can put it right in your mouth from the oven. What am I talking about? Um, He's back. And Brianna's like, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm not actually. <laughs> so this is the day after he left. So we find out he actually didn't leave. Like, he said he just made it to the parking lot. <laughs> And and came back. Okay. Drama queen. So he just says, you know, like, Brianna says to him, you know, Vincent, this is our home now, basically. We have two bedrooms. You can't just cut and run if you feel some type of way because this is a life that we've made. This is a home that we share. You can't just go home when you're upset. Especially if that is the gauge for which you get upset, Vincent, you'll never be at that apartment (laughs) at that rate. Vincent would hate me, you guys. (laughs) I would have, like, Vince, I would have made Vincent cry about seven times. Like, if that is how upset he gets over something that was, like, nothing, I would destroy that man without even looking up at him. He would have been out of that apartment so fast. 
I would, there would be like a Kool-Aid man size hole in the front door. He would be, I would destroy that man. Destroy him. So, they're fine, I guess. Vincent, Brianna's like trying to make conversation and Vincent, I felt, was being like very one-wordy, very short with her, very terse, if you will. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Vincent says, you know, I'm now I'm responsible for Cookie the dog and I'm responsible for Brianna. Like, I can't just leave. And okay, girl. Okay. <laughs> Brianna explains, you know, I wasn't laughing at you. And honestly, like, it was such a non-factor in my mind that I, it didn't even click to me for a minute that you were even upset by it. And I didn't mean anything by it. So Vincent was like, you know, I, I don't know. He he's basically says she's right. And well, it, it's just very, very strange. So then we see Vincent meet up with his friend and thank God for his friend. Thank God. So they go out to lunch and Vincent, you know, tells his friend about the situation. And I, I wish these people, the editing would put more, Chirons because I have to like take notes for the show and I if you only flash the name of these friends or family members for a second like if I don't see it then I don't see it I gotta move on this is a two hour show (laughs) but I wish they would show their names more often because I feel like we get like half a second of their name and then we never see their name again and it's really frustrating but anyway so Vincent's friend He tells him about, you know, like the situation, what happened for him to walk out. And, um, his friend is like, okay, what? (laughs) Vince starts off by saying, you know, we've taken the situation, me and Brianna, like everything's going great. We've taken the situation mutually very seriously and we're on the same page about everything And then, you know, he goes and she's like, she's just very direct. And I take that personally sometimes. And it's not what you say. It's how you say it. And how Brianna says it is makes me feel some type of way. And, you know, he talks about, oh, I brought this champagne home and it was going to be romantic. It spilled everywhere. It gets on my shirt. And Brianna said that that is like typical Vinny, can you believe that? <laughs> and his friend's like, looking at him like, did I miss something? Is there more to this story? What's, you can't, you gotta be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me right now. His friend is really like literally trying not to laugh right in Vincent's face. And he's like, that's what made you go home? That's what got you to the point of going home? And his friend's like, uh, I think maybe you need to expect or not expect people to act the way you act. Vincent is a sensitive guy. And this is a lesson that as a sensitive person I had to learn is that 
Sensitive people will treat everybody with kids' gloves, but that is not normal. And it's not like anything to pat yourself on the back about. Because what happens is you have these expectations that everybody is going to treat you as sensitively as you treat them. And you're going to be in for a world of disappointment, Vincent. <laughs> Especially if, like I said, if you're that sensitive, get it together, girl. Get it together, Vincent. Vincent's friend says, you know, I think that you should basically, like, know your girl's heart. Brianna's a good girl. And when she says something that you might feel some type of way about, just remember and try and understand where Brianna might be coming from. And then he says, I really don't want to see you mess this up, Vincent, because Brianna's a good girl. And truthfully, there was a... This was a pretty good episode for men sticking up for other women, women that they don't have any stake in defending because they're talking to their friends about these women that are being treated very strangely at best. And I appreciated all of the men that stood up for these women and point blank told their male friends, like you're going to be the one who's going to mess this up. And you're going to be the one who ends up looking stupid. So why don't you realize what it is that you've got, the present that you have in this woman, and get your shit together, bro. And I loved it. I loved to see it. So then, what do we have? I mean, that was really it. We have their housewarming party, which was Brianna's mom, Vincent's mom, and brother, and I think Brianna's sister. It was so fucking boring. You know how everybody says... You know, you don't want to hear about somebody else's dreams. Like, nobody gives a shit. It was kind of like that. Like, they had them playing an about me, meaning about Vincent and Brianna. And not only (laughs) is it boring to play an about me game with somebody that you know really well, it's even more boring to do it with somebody that you don't know at all and even more boring or still to have to watch people who don't know the person playing about me about the person, like I said, that they don't know. I mean, could not be less interesting. Um, what else was there? Vincent and Brianna's, or excuse me, Vincent's mom and brother had not actually gone to the wedding. There's a little bit of a, a language barrier between them They were a little bit worried how Vincent's mother was going to react to Brianna, but apparently she loved her and she welcomed her to the family. Claps for everybody. Claps for everyone. Um, Who can we go to next? I guess we can go to Haley and Jacob. Because I almost forgot about them. (laughs) So now I'm going to remember to do them. So Haley meets up with her girlfriend, who I have dubbed Melissa Rivers because... I mean, you saw her. Um, Haley says, basically, you know, the excitement of the wedding wore off really quickly. (laughs) And once I was able to, once she was able to really process what she had actually done, she like flipped out and she realized that it was too much for her. So Melissa Rivers is smiling, but she's also like, you know, I don't know. Wow. Like that. I can't believe that. And it just feels very like, Because when we saw Melissa Rivers, like, the first episode that Haley was on, 
she was being really strangely protective in that, like, especially as a, I feel like married, well, no, any woman has this girlfriend, like, the one who got married quickly, early, you know, she got married when she was, like, 25 or, like, 23, and so they have these, like, weird opinions about life because they didn't date that long and they probably married the guy that they, you know, gave their virginity to in college. You know, like that's what Melissa Rivers friend gives me. She gives this like very strange advice and it's not like rooted in the real world. Like at this point, you guys, if you're talking about single people and dating and you've never been on a dating app, like you don't, give other people opinion. Like you're too late. You're too late. Sorry. (laughs) So anyway, Melissa really, she's very, she's like, you know, what is the issue with you and Jacob? And Haley's like, you know, he brought all this 80s stuff and all these 80s clothes to the honeymoon. And I was just like, who would bring like, what kind of person would bring those clothes on a honeymoon? (laughs) Melissa's like, that's your problem. You don't like his style. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I could understand how you might think that, Melissa, but it's also like you didn't have to experience it. Not the neon uh, lights, not the acid wash shorts, cut off jorts, the um, baby's first knife fight t-shirt, like, you know, the the Save by the Bell opening credits print um, trunks, swimming trunks. You know, it's a lot, Melissa. It's a lot to deal with. So I felt like Melissa kind of was telling on herself (laughs) in the advice that she was giving. Like, at first, I was agreeing with her. Like, okay, you're basically saying that you want to divorce this man because you don't like his style. Like, okay, that is a bit much. It is, a little bit. Um, So then... Haley doesn't really, we don't see her say what happened in that big fight that happened with Jacob, but she says, you know, things spiraled out of control, but Jacob was really apologetic about the whole situation, but it's kind of like, well, I mean, I feel like he was apologetic about what, like, what did he do, you know? So then she, Melissa tells Haley, you know, marriage is more than just like a figure it out sort of thing. And she says, you know, I actually feel like Haley is a hundred percent committed to this relationship and that they just need to put some things in the past. And I just feel like what dark things happen in your relationship? Cause it sounds like you've really um, hung up the towel there, Melissa. Let's talk about the husband, you know? So then we see, uh, I don't know. Melissa goes on to say, you know, it's not just your life anymore. It's two lives because you're married now and, and you need to be considerate of that and of Jacob and just like make the best out of the situation. You know, that's a little dark, Melissa. So then we have Jacob and Haley have their friends over for the housewarming party and Jacob you know, they have to set up these scenes where at the housewarming party at some point, 
they have, you know, the partners talking to the friends or, or family members, right? So they're having, everybody's having conversation in the living room. And Jacob is like, oh, hey, Haley's two friends. Do you guys want to have a taco? Meet me in the kitchen. That's about 18 inches away from the living room. So we can't really have a private conversation, but we're going to make it look private via the cameras. So he has a conversation and he said this during the wedding ceremony, during the reception, that he was really invested in getting to know Haley by getting to know her friends. And that is great. But I feel like you can also take that too far and it could kind of be manipulative. It almost feels like he is a lot more comfortable communicating with them and being whatever version of charming Jacob can muster. (laughs) But it seems like... I don't know. It's like he wants to... It's just bordering on like weird for me. Like, he has an easier time speaking to them, so he builds up allyships with these women and the friends, but he's not investing as much into gaining allies as he is his actual relationship. So it has the friends saying, oh my gosh, he's so great, like, he's so nice, what's going on? But really, you're making yourself look like a a nice guy. When you're really not investing yourself into this relationship, we've seen him have more sparkling conversation with the friends. I mean, for Jacob, you know, um, than we ever have with Haley. Like, it's like pulling teeth to watch him with Haley. But with her friends, he was like way more talkative and way more calm. So Jacob tells her friends that they're reset, resetting after spiraling out of control, which is, I guess, what Haley and Jacob have decided as the United Front was going to be when he accused her of having a boyfriend. <laughs> so um, he says, you know, that they're resetting things and Haley's friends say, you know, they basically say that they don't really like Haley either. <laughs> Low key. One of her friends was like, yeah, she's really like, I've never known her to have a boyfriend and I've known her since college. And, um, you know, she's not really that emotional and it really takes a lot to get things out of her. And she's basically just will stonewall you at any given opportunity. So good luck with that. Great, great luck with that. We see Jacob's friend tell Haley in the living room that, Basically, Jacob has an issue with picking up on social cues, which, yeah, yeah, (laughs) no doubt about that. No doubt about that, my friend. Um, So as he's telling Haley, she's just smiling politely. And it's like, it's hard to tell if Haley is like that with everybody or if it's Jacob specific. Is it even having a conversation about Jacob that makes her feel so awkward. I I don't know. I I feel like I don't, I don't like Haley, but I'm not sure why I don't like Haley. Is it that I don't like her or that this situation is not allowing for me to like her because every 
interaction that she has with Jacob is so miserable. Like, that it kills me. It's, it's really hard to tell. So then, before Haley goes to Clara's place, she's like, oh, will you have a beer with me? So they sit down on the couch, and Haley says something about how, like, you know, she really wants to, you know, invest time into Jacob, and she wants to learn more about him. Well, I don't. I don't want to hear anything else about Jacob because everything he does seems so damn boring. I would rather eat Elmer's glue, like a healthy tablespoon of Elmer's glue than have to watch or make conversation or watch Jacob make conversation with anybody. He is talking about how he flipped houses at 28, which is something that like could have been interesting, and yet it wasn't. And then he starts talking about um, how he got into bodybuilding. And that almost seemed like an interesting story because it seems like he fell into it in one way or another. But again, another flop because he tells it in such a boring way that even something that is a goose egg of a good story is now, you know, night, night. I'm ready to take a nap. So... You could tell she's, like, suffering her way through this conversation. He's really not um, giving her any in to have a back-and-forth situation. He is just talking about himself. And, my God. For somebody who claims to have been in several situations in which he found out that Women were cheating on their boyfriends with him? You just have to, like, wonder why that happened. Don't you cheat with somebody who's more exciting? <laughs> like, how how boring were their relationships that Jacob seemed like the better option? To s- more than one woman? Mm, that, I don't know, that's not making sense to me. So anyway, Jacob does start asking questions. But they're really just questions tailored to things that he clearly likes, like asking Haley if she's into Spartan racing or axe throwing. And Haley looks at him and says, what about me? Makes you look at me and say, she looks like somebody who would be into Spartan racing. (laughs) And that's a question that I would have to ask Jacob as well. I mean, people do still, people do still do Spartan racing. Because I see, like, people I went to high school that still do it. So, like, no shade to you guys. But, like, I thought we, the mud run of it all, we hit our peak around 2018. Aren't we, aren't we past that? The color runs and um, donut 5Ks and turkey trots and, you know, uh, rumbles in the jungle. All of those things. Aren't we done? Aren't we done? Okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Speaking of being done, let's move on to, um, there was a brief moment where the guys and girls separated for drinks. It was not all of them, of course. Virginia was gone because she was at a wedding. Um, Chris and Paige were not there. And so, yeah, that's who we're missing. Virginia, Chris, and Paige. So... Clara asked, like I said, Clara asked if Haley and Brianna wanted to come to her housewarming party because her friends allegedly got sick. Um, then Clara says that she and Ryan had their first quote unquote test the other day because she was going to two friends' birthday parties. At one party, two friends. And they asked Ryan to do jello shots. Apparently on several occasions they asked him and he said no. He said that he didn't want to do them. And this turned into basically a Virginia and Eric situation because then Ryan turned this around on Clara and said that he felt like she has a drinking problem. Kind of like Luke did to Kate a few seasons ago. Do you remember when he, when she would be like, he would basically accuse her of like, getting wasted like some sort of like when I'm picturing like a drunk Liza Minnelli hitting on some who knows where she found this man you know (laughs) 
he used to accuse Kate of being like, she would have like two glasses of wine and then the next day he'd be like, I was so uncomfortable. You were just so out of control and you tried to have sex with me and I just feel like you, you drink and then you, you hit on me and I'm just like so uncomfortable with you, Kate. And she'd be like, I had a glass and a half of wine and you're my husband. Like calm the hell down. He, Luke was so weird, you guys. <laughs> Luke was a very strange man. So basically, Ryan was accusing Clara of having some sort of issue with partying. And she's like, no, it was my friend's birthday. Two friends' birthdays. And we, it was a happy occasion. This is not how I party on a normal basis. She does say that Ryan later apologized and that he misread the situation. Mm, we'll see. See, more weird things that we see, we hear about rather, but we don't see on camera. And it's not that I don't believe it. I just wonder why we don't get to see these things. Very strange to me. So then <laughs> Haley says that she and Jacob really want to make it work since speaking to Pastor Cal but cut to Jacob, who says that he's worried that if he and Haley don't connect in time, or if it happens too late, that he will lose interest and that she will end up being hurt. And at first, my initial reaction to that was like, she doesn't like you, bro. So don't worry about that. But then he went on to say, like, he felt like the tables had turned for them whereas he was really invested in uh, communicating and wanting to make that work and and trying to have conversations and she was checked out but then he says that like he is now checked out and she's so invested and I think that's really interesting because I did not see it going that way I truly didn't maybe this is a better situation Maybe if she feels like she has to try, then I don't, well, I don't know. He's just so boring. <laughs> it's like, I don't disagree with her because there's, I would be miserable if I had to be stuck with Jacob. I'm not going to lie. I, it would be torture for me. <laughs> Absolute torture. Ugh. Poor them. Poor them. So then when we get back to, um, Clara then says she's, talks more about their physical situation between she and Ryan. And she says that they have not had sex yet. And she's like, you know, I just don't want to fall too fast or too soon. Or I don't want to push Ryan away by making him feel pressured. And then she says, you know, it's just kind of confusing to me because why are some physical things okay and some are not okay? Which means to me that... She also says that they didn't fit, kiss the first two days of their wedding. I, I can't remember. I just said that. But if she's confused, then it sounds like they've gone to, like, sex, explicit sexual things. But then there are things that are maybe less intimate than that in her mind that he's not doing. Or he's not willing to do. So she's confused with like, why are we on third base, but we can't do second? You know what I mean? Something about theirs is, is really weird. And I need Clara to like have a conversation with Brianna. I feel like we might get more information if we're on like a one-on-one -on -one basis with Clara. 
I really, we need to more, know more about that, you guys. Um, that was really the end. Clara says kind of what she said before is that, you know, she's very easy to fall for people and she feels like Ryan, like I said last week, is waiting for these like big rainbow unicorn, uh, lightning from the sky signs that he should, he's going to fall in love with, uh, Clara, but Clara's like, I, you know, I, I just feel like he's going to end up failing basically if, if he's looking for some big sign. All right, y'all let's move on to Virginia and Eric. So we find out early that Virginia went to Savannah for a wedding for four days. She and Eric are going to be a part of the first time. He didn't go down to the wedding because his brother is getting married the same day as the wedding that Virginia is in. She's a bridesmaid. So we see him walking his dog and Virginia's dog. And we see him meet up with Ryan, who's walking Misha, Mishka, Clara's dog. We get eyes on Virginia's dog, who behaves basically just like Virginia. She's got no common sense. Um, hopping around. There's a lot of like noise, high pitched noises being made, a lot of tail wagging, a lot of like noodly, um, zoom, zoomy behavior. If you guys, you know, shout out to all my pet owners. <laughs> you know, when those pets get to zoomies, it's like, it's a lot to handle. They mean well, it's just a lot of energy. And that really is Virginia. It really is. Um, so, Ryan tells Eric that like living care has been good. It's just been an adjustment to figure out their schedules. And Eric says, you know, I feel like she's pulling away from me. And he says that when Virginia's working and, or she's like otherwise occupied, he'll come over and try to give her a hug or be affectionate with her in some way. And he feels like she's pulling away from there. So now we're finally seeing Eric, uh, address openly the fact that things aren't just like oh it's so great from the first moment we saw each other there was that connection and everything's so perfect and she's so perfect and that's my wife and oh my god everything's so great we finally see him like maybe because he's been able to be sober <laughs> for a few days he's been able to dry out and maybe he's coming to his senses so later we see Eric meet up with his friends and he tells them that he feels like the fact that they uh, that Virginia parties a lot is an issue and also that she's an independent but like to an extreme level and then like I said Virginia was going to be in Savannah for a few days and Eric says you know I'm actually grateful that we're going to have this time off because maybe she'll miss me <laughs> you guys are like not even two weeks into a marriage <laughs> I really like I had to pause because they at the beginning of the episode, they'll do like a we're now, you know, X amount of time into the marriage or X amount of time into decision day. And it's always like he really puts that into perspective, but no more than it has this season because to f just quantify all of the fuck shit that pages had to go through. No, the pages chosen to go through in just under two weeks. It's really laughable. It's truly, truly laughable. So as Eric is talking to his friend about, you know, it's, you know, I think 
we're going to have to work on her level of independence. And, you know, I just expect text, excuse me, text updates from Virginia. His friend actually sticks up for Virginia and is like, listen, I'm on her side. And I think that this actually, Eric, needs to be something that you need to look at as a test for you to prove that you're not going to try and change her because it seems very obvious that she's not going to take kindly to any suggestion of you changing her at all. And you need to learn to not turn your relationship into a coaching session just because you're older and have more experience than her. Yes, sir. Amen. I mean, have you ever heard a man say like, just because you're older, basically, like, don't feel like you can establish dominance over her. <gasps> what? <laughs> I was shocked. I was actually shocked that he said that. Kudos to you, friend. I think he had a ring on his finger, but if you don't, I might need a short king in my life. Eric, of course, doesn't really hear what his friend is trying to say, but he's like, you know, I will try that, but it's up to her. And, you know, if anything um, causes our relationship to end, it'll, it'll be that stuff. Like the fact that, what? <laughs> that she likes to party a lot? Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not an unfair thing to say, but it's also like, you should maybe listen to your friend as well, because he's saying some things. He's saying some real shit. So Virginia comes back the day of their housewarming party in a big oversized sweater that says, unwell. (laughs) And I need that. I might need that, actually. So Virginia asks Eric, like, how the time apart went, and Eric starts shading her and he was like you know what your dog was really like a lot more chill basically the more time I had with him he really relaxed and you see uh Virginia like make like oh noodle like high-pitched noises in the dog's face and he's like yeah it's probably things like you doing that that gets the dog really excited and he misbehaves just so you know um so then he says you know I was worried about you missing me and by that I mean like I was worried that maybe you would not miss me (laughs) then you know Virginia says I was just a little bit worried that you might want to communicate too much and Eric was like no 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 like I thought our communication level actually was really good you know like once every hour or two excuse me (laughs) You really think it's normal to communicate once every hour or two anytime she's out with friends or anytime she's not in and every hour or two? I mean, fine if that's your thing, but I think that's a lot to ask of somebody two weeks into a relationship, even if it is a marriage. Every hour? No. It's also because we know why Eric wants to communicate with her. It's because he's really, like, genuinely trying to keep tabs on her. That's, like, ugh. You know, like, send a text or two to your partner if you want. Like, I don't give a fuck. But 
don't don't be checking up on me okay you're not gonna be checking up on me boo so that was so funny he was like yeah yeah like every hour that's like totally normal and chill and that's exactly what i expect good god eric (laughs) so then we find out that virginia has invited these infamous straight guy friends that she couch hops um, over to the housewarming party. And Virginia is actually saying she's really nervous because she's worried about how Eric is going to react. But she says she's hopeful that once Eric sees how they all interact with one another, that he won't be so nervous about it. So when everybody gets there, I notice that they open the door. Their apartment is, their front door opens into the parking garage. Is that normal? (laughs) I feel like I know enough about Atlanta real estate to know that I have never seen an apartment, the actual door. Like usually there's a hallway or a cordoned off section to go into the parking garage. That doesn't seem safe. And also that seems really noisy. And now I got to find out how much people are paying in rent to live in this building where the front door literally is a parking lot. Okay, it looks like those apartments are start at 2100 for a two-bedroom. And I'll be damned if my front yard is a damn parking lot. You're not going to be skirt-skirting on me in the middle of the goddamn night. No. No. For 2000 Absolutely not. No. Anyway, um... So the guy friends come over and, you know, they take a shot... And, you know, Eric's like, you know, I'm just really concerned. You know, I'm just really concerned about Virginia's partying. I hope she'll grow out of it. And, like, listen, I'm concerned about Virginia's partying. But it's just, like, I... My dislike for Eric (laughs) is greater than my dislike for Virginia's drinking. So that's where we're at today. It's a little confusing, I understand. So then we see Virginia's friend say, you know what, I think Virginia and Eric can really offer a lot to each other because she's got that youngster perspective and he's got his old man ways. (laughs) That sounds really creepy. I've been watching um, Alan versus Pharaoh, you guys, and I just have a lot of feelings about, you know, age, age gap dynamics and age gap relationships. Okay. Are you guys watching Alan versus Pharaoh? Ooh, y'all. Ooh, damn. That shit is dark. Very dark. Very dark, you guys. Not funny. It's it's truly, wow. It's shocking. Shocking, shocking. Let me continue this, you guys. Um, What is less dark than Woody Allen? Anything on this page. So, um, Virginia's friend Cole takes Eric outside to have a talk. And Cole is wasted. Virginia's makeup, by the way, doesn't look any better than when it did on her um, wedding day or any other days when we saw her in Vegas. It just like, I aren't there setting sprays? Like, I'm not a good makeup girl, but like something isn't, it's like her face rejects powdered makeup. Like, it's just like, I don't want to wear it. 
So I'm just going to have it slide down my face. Like, I don't know if she needs to do like an oil pad beforehand. I don't know if there's like a setting spray that she can, like a finishing spray that she can hold all that together. Um, I don't know if she needs primer to like have it lay on the face a little bit better. I, I don't know. But something's a problem. And it's also like we just because something's your favorite color doesn't mean that it works for your face. So like maybe lavender is not the color for you, girl. Maybe we can explore different different avenues and different color schemes. Anyway, Eric is talking to a drunk uh, Cole. And he's talking about how, you know, their friend group and here's the people who were in the friend group and we party all the time and I'm always around Virginia and yada 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 you know we all have this great dynamic with one another and you know he suggests Eric to not come off so controlling all the time (laughs) and Eric's like you know what we really click on a physical level but you know all our issues are because I'm eight years older than her. And it's like, not really. Not really. Because there are plenty of 26-year-olds who don't have any desire to drink as much as Virginia. I don't think we should pin it on her age. There's something more going on there. And also, you saying like it's all an age situation really makes you seem like an evolved human being, a more involved, evolved human being than her. And I don't like that. Not comfortable with it. Don't love it. Don't like the way it looks on me. Much like uh, Virginia's lavender eyeshadow just isn't a great fit. Okay. Sometimes we need to recognize that, Virginia. Much like our eyeshadows, sometimes our relationships just aren't a great fit. As much time as we try to to wear it, it just like melts down our face, and it doesn't want to stick. Yeah, that's what we call a metaphor, ladies and gentlemen. Cole basically admits that he thought this relationship was a sham, and the fact that Virginia was wanting to be on the show was a sham. He's like, you know what? I gave her. So we've had several conversations about this. And every single time I was waiting on her to like let the, um, you know, let, let the other shoe to drop or anything with Virginia. But every conversation we've had about Married at First Sight, you know, he can't say that, but it's basically what he's saying. Every conversation we've had about this, she's been really serious. So I think that like she really does want to do this because I've been trying to catch her in a lie <laughs> for months now. And it hasn't happened. So then Eric is like, God, you know, because that Svedka shot that he just took has really hit him. Like, that's all I wanted to hear, Cole. Like, this is a great conversation. Uh, He's awesome. Like, this is amazing. And it's like, what what about that did you need to hear? The fact that you don't think that Virginia is serious in this relationship? Okay. That's not the issue. Eric, look in the mirror, sir. Part of it is you. And it's not the fact that you're older, okay? Of course, we have to end this episode by talking about Paige and Patty Mel and 
one of the weirdest showdowns, one of the weirdest would-be showdowns of reality show history. So, Chris meets up with his pastor, Pastor Craig, the one who married he and Paige, the one who he sought counsel from before getting married. We've seen Pastor Craig and his hairspray, black hairspray dye attempts to make edges in the front of his hair. We've seen this man. We're familiar with him and I'm thrilled that he's back. So he meets up with Pastor, Chris meets up with Pastor Craig and another friend. They have not spoken since the marriage. And Chris says that he's nervous. Why are you nervous, Chris? Is it because you've basically looked at the fuckboy handbook and said, hold my beer. I'm going to write a new chapter in history for us boys. Now just don't believe me, just watch. (laughs) So (laughs) we get a flashback to Pastor Craig telling Chris during that premarital counseling session to not let any old stuff come back and bite you and bite this relationship, Christopher. And now we are 12 days out. And Paige couldn't be more chewed up. She was a rare steak left in a backyard of a German shepherd. I mean, my God. What a what a bloody sight to behold. <laughs> I... So his friend... Chris is like, you know, like, I have something to tell you guys. And his friend and Pastor Craig are like, oh, what are you going to tell us? You got uh, twins on the way? And he's like, well, maybe. I haven't seen the ultrasound yet. <laughs> um, so Chris says, you know, um, you know, I'm just telling you guys that I've decided to file for a divorce. And Pastor Craig's like, well, that is big news. Hmm. So Chris says, you know, it was awkward from the moment Paige walked down the aisle because he wasn't feeling attracted to her. And then Chris says that he was hoping that sex would intertwine their souls. But it didn't happen. Christopher. (laughs) And then he tells Craig and his friend about his future baby mama. Oh, by the way, I'm having a kid with somebody else and she's pregnant she's seven weeks along now and how he wants to try and work things out with his child's mother the Craig and his friend are both looking at him like bitch I know you're not just saying any of the words to me that you just said you've got to be fucking kidding me (laughs) oh my god oh my god so Pastor Craig says, you know, I'm feeling a couple different emotions <laughs> right now as your friend, but also as your pastor. And he was like, you know, I was hoping when you got married to Paige that that would be you um, moving in the right direction. <laughs> and then he says, you know, Chris, I just need you to know that, like, when you have a wife... That trumps whatever other relationship is around you. Your kid, the mother of your child, your actual mother, your grandmother, that your relationship with your wife comes first. So Chris then says, I think you guys are confused. 
Craig says, he, you know, Chris's um, defense is, you know, I just don't want my child raised by another uh, kid, uh, father. And he's like, you know, I don't really think that you need to worry about that, Chris. And so Chris says, you know, I think you guys are confused. <laughs> and so Pastor Craig says in the confessional, you know, I think that, you know, divorcing Paige is a real premature move and it's selfish. And to make a decision like that, to leave your marriage, is actually extremely immature. The friend says, you know, you should have been a little bit more open-minded towards Paige because she's a prize. So they're basically saying, even though I'm the one that uh, allegedly um, counsels your spirit and I'm your friend and this other guy is your friend, we think that you're trash we think that you have just blown a 28 and 3 lead. That's a sports reference, guys. I and I get it. Um then to uh, put yourself in this situation where you are just the king of the dumbasses. You really f- fumble that, bro. You really really fuck that up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Pastor Craig says, Chris, you have a diamond right now, and that's rare. And then Pastor Craig says, you need to be mindful of everybody is that's involved in this situation. And Chris starts looking at his phone, y'all. Like, he is checked out. Like, he's not trying to hear anything because Pastor Craig dared to hold him accountable. Like, this doodle bop truly thought that these men were going to be like, wow, Chris, you're a really strong man. That was really brave of you to tell Paige the truth. And I think you're really making the right decision. And I understand why you tried to fuck her and then did fuck her on multiple occasions because you were trying to intertwine your souls, even though you knew before you put your penis inside of her that you weren't physically attracted to her. Yeah, that makes sense that somehow your dick would join in her vagina and that your soul's would intertwine through some sort of osmosis, sperm-based osmosis, because you weren't wearing a condom, Chris.
Christopher. I mean, he really thought that these two guys were going to be totally on his side and telling him what a man of God he is. And one, I hope I'm going to file, set into motion the filing of you getting the um, Nobel Prize for bravery, Chris. Thank God for you. Thank God for you and your honesty, Christopher. So then Christopher says that he's done and he doesn't really want to talk about this anymore. And Pastor Craig says, you know what? To walk away from this situation is really selfish. And then Chris keeps saying, you know, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to do this. Keeps looking at his phone. Totally, totally over it. And by the way, he wasn't looking at his phone because the phone quickly flashed to the camera and he was just looking at his home screen. He couldn't even pretend to be checked out. <laughs> you you couldn't find an app to scroll through? No. Just staring at his home screen in an attempt to be a bad bitch and act like he was checked out. But your dumbass couldn't even open a single app when the camera's up. Stupid. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, so <laughs> then we see... You know, I would say that I wish I that Paige could have seen that scene, but we all know that this really isn't going to matter to her. You know, if, if Paige had any sense, she would see that and be absolutely disgusted by their behavior. But she's not. Because he's going to whisper something in her ear, stupid, like, oh, you know, um, you're such a god warrior. You know, my princess with the, with the dreads, you're such a warrior with these uh, synthetic dread dreadlocks. I'm really uh, getting a step more attracted to you today. I, I've made it one eighth of an inch towards being more physically attracted to you, Paige. Okay. Ugh. He makes me sick. <laughs> he really makes me sick. So then... We get Paige on camera and Chris calls her and he asks if she's available in the next day so that they can have a brief conversation with his ex-fiance. Paige says, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) He says, I just want to clear the air, basically. (sighs) There's a baby in the air. There's nothing to clear. The air is filled with amniotic fluid. Okay? The air is filled with a clump of cells that are a zygote. Okay? The air is filled with you inseminating somebody when you were heavily into the process of getting married to somebody else. Okay? There's no clearing that air. Okay, nothing to clear. So later we see Paige sitting down and she says, you know, after some moments, I decided to sit down with Chris. It's like, yeah, girl, we all knew you were going to do this. You don't have to act like you were even like she gave him such a hard time on the phone. Like, oh, what do you want to talk about? Mm, I guess I'll have to think about it. Oh, oh, and then moments later, I was probably had cameras up and my mic packed. To meet you immediately with my dumb ass. So 
Then we see Mercedes. Beautiful. Mercedes is gorgeous. She appears to be tall. She's got body yaddy yaddy. Her makeup's on point. Her hair's on point. She looks like a woman who is so far out of Chris's league (laughs) that they shouldn't even know each other. She shouldn't even know. She's so hot that, like, she shouldn't even be one of his friend's girlfriends. Like, she is gorgeous. And she clearly, like, she just had an air of intelligence to her. Like, I really thought that she was going to be combative and petty. And that was on me. That was on me. Because, frankly, I blame Chris. You know, so it's not on me. It's on Chris. It was a setup and I apologize for falling for a setup. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. He led me to believe last week that like this was going to be a situation where he had had manipulated Mercedes into feeling some type of way about Paige and that Mercedes was going to get up and have an attitude about this whole situation and that Paige was going to have to defend herself and I was just going to have to sit there and let her dumbass take it because she let that man hot whisper into her ear last week about how he was afraid of falling in love with her. And then she wanted to act like this was something that she needed to be confused about and she didn't know where their relationship was going to be. And is this their love story? So that's, that's Chris's fault. He manipulated me into thinking that he was going to manipulate Mercedes But thank God, Mercedes is a woman of sense. As much sense as you can have for letting a man like Chris nut inside of you and get pregnant. Um, Other than that, she seemed lovely. She seemed truly lovely. So, it's, you know, it's starting off a little bit confused. By the way, Chris doesn't try to facilitate any sort of, you know, for somebody who got these two women together under the premise of clearing the air. He, at no point, um, they had introduced themselves to each other. (laughs) Um, He barely made eye contact with either of them. He did not sit in the middle of them. Mercedes and Paige were sitting across from each other, and Chris was sitting at the corner of the couch. Like, he was just an innocent bystander to the situation that was completely of his own doing. He had nothing to say. No introduction. No thesis statement. No opening statement. No, this is how I would like the situation to go. I would like you guys to meet each other for what purpose? Because you just told Paige that you were pretty adamant about divorcing her so why did they meet to meet to each other? You're not even in a relationship with this woman. What does she need to meet Mercedes for? Mercedes starts by saying she has no ill feelings towards Paige. And Paige is like, asked her, did you have any idea that Chris was in the process of being on the show? <laughs> and Mercedes is like, uh, no. And I'm actually really confused. And I would like you to expand on that because... She does say that, like, she does suggest that they had broken up, but what are you, I mean, there's a lot for you to be confused about, but I would just like to know specifically what those things are. 
So then Chris says, you know, my intention for you guys meeting was for you guys to have some clarity. But literally, that's all he says. Paige says, you know, me asking any questions to you, Mercedes, isn't going to save me. It's not going to help me. Like, I don't have anything to say. But if you want to ask me questions, go ahead. Paige says she's confused about the timeline. We all are, girl. And that he had just said that he was afraid of falling in love with Paige, right? And Paige says, you know, I at some point had my own fears about being pregnant. And Mercedes is like, by Chris? And Paige says, yeah. So Mercedes at that point seems pretty annoyed. (laughs) And she says in a confessional, you know, like when somebody was trying to work something out, like Chris was trying to work out with me, then you need to put everything on the table. But her saying that she had a pregnancy scare is a big thing to put on the table. She clearly had no idea that he had involved himself as much with Paige, which is not surprising. Like, did we expect this man to be honest? No. I think it's pretty fucking weird that he would bring these two women together and expect the situation to go his way. And by his way, I mean, like, I I honestly, like, I don't understand why he brought them together. Like, you don't want to get together with Paige. You've made it very clear that you guys are broken up. So why did she need to be there? <laughs> why did she need to be there? I, I This is very weird. Like, I, I truly would love for production to have asked him, like, what... When you say I want you guys to be there for clarity, like, obviously, when they got some clarity with each other, um, Chris started feeling some type of way about all the truth that was being dropped. And he didn't like it. So Paige starts saying again, you know, you know, I feel like my intentions were pure and I got the short end of the stick. And Chris, this is where Chris starts getting mad. He's like, well, my intentions were pure as well. And you can see that Mercedes is like trying not to laugh at the situation. So then Paige says, you know, your intentions, Chris, are questionable. And especially when you told me that you still have lingering feelings for me. Yeah. And so Mercedes says, you know, I just want to make it very clear to you, Paige, that if you think that Chris and I are trying to work anything out, that's not happening. <laughs> We're not. And so Paige says, okay. Well, now I'm confused because it feels like he tried to make things work between Mercedes. And now that it's not, he's trying to go back to me. And it, but also it's like, why would you bring us together? Like he really wanted these two women to fight over him. That's exactly, he is sick. He is truly a sick man. So Paige says, you know, and I feel like I was robbed of an experience, but you know, Mercedes, I appreciate you talking to me and I'm out. The situation no longer serves me. So then we see, they stop talking and you can see, they pan out. You can see Chris sitting on the corner of the, um, couch staring at the opposite corner of the wall like he's trying to check out and disassociate 
so that he doesn't snap. Like, he's feeling like he's being disrespected. I Like, truly shocking. Truly disgusting. So then... <laughs> Chris says, um... You know, like, if you want to talk to me, then you should look at me. Then why... What are you talking about? <laughs> so then... Chris says, you know, he's irritated. And in a voiceover, Paige says, you know, I can understand why Chris is embarrassed because a woman he tried to hook up with denied him on national television. And then Chris says, you know, I'm not going to play games with you, Paige. And, you know, my actions should back that up. The actions of getting her back together with your baby mama for clarity and then getting mad when she told the truth about your ass. Hello? <laughs> Then Chris says something weird about, like, he's man enough not to play with Paige, especially when he's mentally checked out. But what are you getting so mad about then? What are you getting so mad about? Chris says, you know, this conversation didn't accomplish anything that I wanted to accomplish because Paige had her guns out and she was firing shots. And then Chris starts talking some weird stuff about, like, oh, you know, like, he's trying to be shady and act like, oh, I'm so above this. I don't care. Like, Oh, I just can't wait till we're done so I can have dinner and I can read my Bible and, you know, I can do this and that. And Mercedes turns to Chris and they start getting into it because Chris says that Paige is being disrespectful. And Mercedes is like, no, I actually think that all things considered, all the things that you've put her through, I actually think that um, Paige is being really great. <laughs> And so then Mercedes apologizes to Paige for getting dragged into the situation. And then Chris, Patty melts, slips and slides his way out of the room. And Paige says, you know, I'm really ready to walk away because Chris has not honored any of his vows. <laughs> and then we get this scene of Paige sitting, looking wistfully from the chair that she was sitting in after this weird ass conversation. And we get a flashback to all of the quote unquote good times between Chris and Paige, which literally they just showed the six hours between the ceremony and them going to bed that night on the first, the night of the wedding. That was all the good times that they could even pretend to have between these two. <laughs> not even a not even a point of them laughing. Maybe a scene that we didn't see from Vegas of them laughing, or a picture that they took. Nope, just the first six to eight hours of them meeting each other. They couldn't even lie in the flashback about how shitty their relationship has been. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. You guys, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back next Friday with more updates on Married at First Sight. Thank you guys. Thank you for speaking. Love you.